lot about two weeks two weeks ago we had a meeting you said we need to do more research i did say that interviews and now they're giving me crap about doing too much research you went beyond the scope of the videos for sure you're listening to the john chi show hosted by three korean american adoptees diving headfirst into what it means to be adopted korean american and more and now here's your host nathan patrick and kj Welcome back to the John Cheese Show. We are here another Wednesday, another wonderful episode lined up. I am Patrick Armstrong, one of your hosts here with my two best friends, KJ and Nathan. Oh, wow. BFF. Also, why are you fiddling me. with your microphone like that? I don't know. I <laughs> just like leaned broken in. with your no. podcast arm? <laughs> no, but so, well, sometimes it just like... We'll He's do holding that. it for support. So I was kind of like yeah, holding like, it in. It's a comfort Come here, thing. buddy. It's fine. I love, I it's love totally you, Mike. Fine. <laughs> Fellas, how are you doing? KJ, I love Mike. I know. Well, Nathan, I know that you're kind of sick. I'm 90%. I'm almost there. But his yes. voice is uh, sexy 60%. That's what I said. That yeah. smoky, sultry voice. Comes is coming to you live on After Hours. Soft John Chi Show. Ooh. He's went from the captain to the radio host, radio DJ. <laughs> the smooth sounds of John Chi. Public or the AM? You're that. You're an AM announcer. I'm the AM sure. I had to upgrade. To, <laughs> I was thinking like a Sirius XM late night show. <laughs> oh like yeah. Call like, in to ask ask Nathan for relationship advice. But solely around photography. Like the, <laughs> has to be. That has to also do with photography. <laughs> it's actually around uh, boudoir shoots. Yeah. With your how iPhone. I, with how your do I iPhone. make the subject feel comfortable? With your iPhone. <laughs> That's called only if fans. if. If you do boudoir with your iPhone, make sure it's not going to the cloud of your parents. There you go. Of your parents. Don't let it, don't be linked to your parents' cloud. That's a good piece of advice for anyone. It is. Hey. Um, that's probably, well, it's probably just safer that way. I could just, yep. Very but, much safer. Um, thank you, Patrick. Go for it. You're welcome. You're welcome for that introduction. Thanks for that nice intro. Take it from yes. here. No, I was just going to say what we were going to explain. We are three Korean American adoptees. Spread out over the country. Again, that voice I know. You also changed your cadence up a little bit. I know. Like, I don't you're know leaning why. into it. I like it. I was leading in. Mm-hmm. Leading so, in. Leading in. But uh, yes, we are the John Chi Show. <laughs> John Chi meaning feast and celebrate. That's what we're doing. That's what we Although, do together. I'm trying to remember what we did for our snack on this mm, episode. Uh, I'll give you a hint. It was a high tie. Product. Oh, okay. Okay. That actually doesn't help me at all. <laughs> I truly don't remember. There's some snacks that like really stick out of my memory, but I, I think I, it was was it the wafer? Yeah, I think the, it was the wafer. I think it was the wafer too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the yeah, chestnut those are good. has been and burned into my <laughs> oh memory. My and that's all I think about every time. Okay, so there's <laughs> the the foods that stick out of my mind are the chestnut, the squid balls, the uh uh Odeon no, Kosomi crackers, which mm. I think might be Orion. Maybe they're Ote. I think but, it is. Uh, Orion. No, it's Orion. Shrimp crackers and soju. Those are like the OGs. Mm-hmm. Um, choco pie. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. First, yeah, yeah. first yeah, episode was choco like, pie. There's so many. Yeah, the there's so many in oh, between there that like, I don't kimchi. really remember. I mean, yeah, kimchi. It's fine. We yeah, I'm almost it's positive, okay. though. This is the wafer one. Yep. Um, Good stuff. We're running out of ideas, uh, listeners. So feel free Don't to give that. us some suggestions. We're not running out. Of sorry, I want suggestions. I'm running out of items to buy at my supermarket. Let's just say that. 
All that? right. Okay. That's fine. That's that's <laughs> worth it. That's a worthy inclusion. For a reason? I don't know. I'll have to figure out what I can buy to send y'all. So, yeah. Different I mean, parts, different maybe. products. Or yeah. if anyone's listening who has a food item and would like to sponsor us, we are open to trying that's your right. food. If any large corporations that make Korean snacks want to sponsor Lotte. us, sponsor <laughs> us. We'll listen to the show. We're looking at you. Yep. Uh, hey, you never know. would really appreciate it. Um, uh, what's the other one? Oh, no. No, all right, whatever. I don't know. I was trying to think of other sponsors. Other, other, oh, yeah, Nongshim. Nongshim. Yep, that's what Nongshim. I was going to say. Yep. Yeah. I could eat ramen all day long. Whoever makes pepperoni sticks. Pepperoni? Oh, yeah. Yeah. What is that? I don't know. Is that Lotte? I don't know. I it was just pepperoni day. All we right. didn't even well, talk about it. Here's the deal. Oh, this didn't. is a really, oh, yeah. really. We can talk oh, about yeah, it right now. 11 11. <laughs> it's fine. 11 11 was pepperoni day. It's a thing that happened. It was on Saturday. So it's we like talked about Korean it. Korean Valentine's. Episode. Go check yeah. that out. Yeah. <laughs> is it Korean Valentine's? Oh, it is. Man. They give Pepero out to people, their loved oh, so ones. It's, it is, it's a super manufactured yeah. holiday so that a single company can sell more product. Okay. Yep. Sounds good. All right. Well, maybe I will find some Pepero sticks to go give to profess my love to someone. <laughs> someone? I yeah. hope Sarah. <laughs> I'm just going to say, say someone. Okay. Yeah. He's already the voice of the show. I'm not, and not has saying love, Sarah. So. <laughs> oh, he's giving me a look. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's Sarah, great. it's obviously you. That Sarah. That is great. Okay, I, I need to go fix my relationship. So, uh, we're right. <laughs> coming that's, into an interview. We're totally <laughs> fine. Yeah, so we have a really... So in the interest of KJ's relationship and Nathan's vocal cords, uh, we have a really married. great in- we have a really great <laughs> intro. We have a really great interview lined up for you today. Uh, our guest is Emily Nagel, and she comes on here to talk about an up and coming band, Beyond the Scene. Um, she also talks about how this band has really affected her journey of to, uh, on her way to like discovering her identity as an adoptee, also as a Korean and Asian American. Um, and we get into some really fascinating stuff. Nathan is actually a big fan of Beyond the Scene, we find out. This is a bulletproof really Nathan. Bulletproof, bulletproof Nathan. Let's <laughs> get it straight. Yes, he is now <laughs> the captain, Bulletproof Nathan. Um, and we really get into it this episode. This is a really fantastic, fun interview. Um, so without further ado, here we go. I just want you to know that I don't like this bit at all. And I'm annoyed <laughs> that you keep doing it. What? The all Beyond right. the Scene? Yeah. <laughs> okay, this so you don't want to do that. Cute little up and coming beyond the scene. All right, whatever. I just need to get that on record. Roll the clip. <laughs> nope, cutting it out. <laughs> nope, roll the clip. You can't cut it because I said you can't roll it. I mean, you can't cut it. All right. Stop recording. Welcome back to the John Chi Show. We are here with Emily Nagel, uh, who has come on to the show. Emily, welcome. How are you feeling today? Great. Excited to talk about BTS. Woohoo. <laughs> oh, awesome. yeah. We're I a BTS podcast for, now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're a behind the scenes podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah. Exclusively behind the scenes. Um, yeah. I'm really excited for you to be here. I'm excited to talk about BTS because, uh, I mean, personally, I've not like spent a lot of time in K pop at all. Um, but your story really revolves, uh, at least what you've written to us. Uh, like K-pop and BTS and uh, all those things really play a big a big role in, in what you do. So I'm excited to hear that. Um, but before we jump too far ahead, will you uh, tell us your adoption story in as many or as little words as you would like to? 
Sure. Uh, so I was born in 1985. I was adopted at five months older. I guess that's the age that I came to the United States. Um, through Wide Horizons was the agency. And then I grew up in the Boston area. Like my whole family sounds like they walked out of the movie Goodwill Hunting. <laughs> um, and uh, I have not done any DNA tests. I haven't done any like birth parent searches or anything. I'm like working up my courage to do it. Um, my sister was also adopted, but we are not biologically related. Uh, and that's pretty much it. I'm here. I'm in the U S I don't, I'm learning about Korean culture. Through BTS. Oh, through BTS. Through BTS. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm curious. I mean, I'd just say let's let's jump into it because I I don't know. I don't like I don't really have a ton of exposure to K-pop and so really my first time thinking about BTS was um with Hello Korea Box uh cuz Juliet started sending some BTS swag but also some Blackpink swag and I was like, okay, I don't know about this. And then I saw the Blackpink documentary on Netflix and I was like, okay, maybe Blackpink is cool and I like their music. And then uh, your friend Leanne sent me a Spotify playlist after I said, uh, I don't care for BTS. And she was like, how dare you? <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm sorry. Uh, but that, that Spotify playlist is really cool. Um, so what, I mean, learning about Korean culture through BTS, what came first? Were you interested in Korean culture and then like discovered BTS or was like, is BTS first and then Korean culture? I don't know. Talk um, for me, I was kind of interested in Korean culture. Like I watch a lot of Mangchi and like had learned how to cook a little bit from YouTube and like enjoy the food. Cause that's all accessible, you know, to somebody who grew up without any exposure to the culture. I, uh, Otherwise was hesitant and for most of my life self-identified as like white because, you know, every once in a while you come across a Korean person who would tell you what a shame it was that you didn't speak the language and make you feel really bad. So I always kind of self-identified almost as like white and tried to shy away from my Asian side. But as many people, like once I had kids, I started to explore more also once my adopted parents passed away i felt like more freedom to kind of explore more about korean culture so it, last year i decided i'm gonna see what bts is all about as a good korean and i, <laughs> I loved them so is that what makes now, you a good korean because so i'm bad like i learned hangul like i'm trying to kind of learn the language i'm trying to learn a bit about the history and i've watched like a few k-dramas okay uh which k-dramas have you watched oh i'm almost done with it's okay not to be okay i love that very excited that one's on my list okay i haven't gotten to squid game yet um Same. nice crash yeah, landing not there yet on you and uh Oh, it to one class. I heard that one's good too. Yeah, okay. actually true. I've I've heard a lot of of people um, say that one of the reasons or one of the things they came out of listening to BTS and stuff, Korean adoptees specifically, uh, one of the things that they have yearned to do as a fan of BTS is learn Hangul. Yes. So that's it's interesting that you say that as well. Uh, can you? 
how much have you done? How much have you learned? And is it only so you can understand the lyrics in the songs? Yeah. So basically, yes, it is. Because uh, one thing that would surprise you. <laughs> we don't you, need Hungle besides BTS songs. <laughs> Gosh, get with no, the program. Right? Why well, else would you? It's not like yeah. I'm interacting with people who can speak to me in Korean. Right, yeah. Yeah. So um, many fans, even non-Korean people, want to learn it. Like I'm in a group chat with uh, mostly white ladies and they're all trying to learn it too. So <laughs> it's, um, because they, BTS, you may or may not know, started as like a hip hop group. So the three original guys like write the raps and everything. And they are very lyrical and they often include bilingual puns, probably trilingual, but I don't really know the Japanese discography as well. Um, and there's a ton of wordplay and puns in there. Um, you go on, you can find translations and the translators are like really generous trying to explain like all the different meanings, but it really inspires fans to want to learn Korean so that they can relate better. And since a lot of the content is coming out in Korean, like there are fan translators who will translate real time on Twitter, um, but it's not the same as, you know, understanding firsthand. Um, so you had talked about... Uh, let me see what BTS is all about. And then that was your like explosive foray into getting into Korean culture and all of that. And in your guest form, you had written that you had seen a lot of Korean women represented in Korean media in oh, yeah. ways that made you feel intimidated a little bit. So I was yeah. wondering if you could just elaborate a little bit more on that, like what you had seen and uh, maybe how that had affected your mindset into going into culture in the first place. And then what the pivot was to BTS and why BTS was like, okay, this is, this is going to be something I'm going to pursue. I think that this is true for a lot of women, Western women too. Um, not just Asian women living in the West, but you know, you see these images of Korean women and they're all very thin by Western standards. The beauty standards are crazy. And then a lot of them, like a lot of the little clips and things that we see are kind of like the egg, the baby, you know, I am a sexy baby kind of thing. And <laughs> yeah, it's a weird, weird. Yeah, it is yeah. very weird. <laughs> so I think sexy baby is weird. <laughs> as a Westerner, like you feel alienated by that a little bit or kind of like, Oh, I could, I could never be the sexy baby. So I could never be an Asian woman. So, um, so I, was put off by that, but like the facts that BTS are men and they're like, you know, you've seen them there. They dress like androgynously. They wear makeup They're It's much more accessible. I think for, for women to watch them, it seems refreshing that they are wearing like women's clothes or, you know, have a more androgynous appearance versus I now like some of the girl groups, but like Rose boasts about her 24 inch waist and it, at that I just like, ah, but it's very true. I've thought about that too. When I watch, watch a lot of Korean K-pop bands or boy bands specifically though, too. Well, it's like they work towards. So I guess from my outside perspective of BTS, it seems like they really want to push like inclusivity. So I think yeah. your description of them and like how that didn't feel intimidating like it did uh, when it was specifically uh, viewing Korean women and how media portrays them. 
uh, I feel like it speaks to the inclusive nature of uh, what they are as a group. Um, so as you're learning Hangul uh, and you're learning more of the lyrics, do you feel like that's reflected in the lyrics as well a lot? Because I'm going to oh, be yeah. honest, I've only heard those two songs that I said before we were on air. So yeah. <laughs> uh, none of them the Korean versions of songs. So. <laughs> no, definitely. So definitely. I think that they, the message tries to be really universal. And as they've grown kind of in their international audience, especially since I would say from like 2017, 2018 on, they've been very mindful of being like, a pop band with an international audience. They try to have a universal message of loving yourself, self-acceptance that like anyone in the world could uh, relate to. So, and then the more personal stuff like, you know, Suga uh, Minyungi, he's one of the rappers. He's known for writing kind of more personal music, but that's all done like in his solo work. So, um, they're very mindful about having a universal message that people can connect with. Yeah, and then they've even done some albums in other languages too, right? Like uh, uh, Japanese. Japanese. Yeah. yeah. But that seems to be like an idol music thing where idols will just release Japanese albums. Yeah, I don't really get that. I noticed Blackpink had that too. Yeah. And I was like, what is all this JP version stuff? Yeah. But I think that it's like a, once they break into Japan, then they break out into other places yeah like know. like all uh, many idol groups perform in japanese yeah yeah so wait for the layman uh meaning myself what is an idol group or oh what is... so you know how like people <laughs> i don't say, know what that means <laughs> you know how people a say K-pop group. oh okay bts is like a boy band Mm, no but yes okay well people, of, guess. people like sometimes say bts is a boy band but it's kind of a misnomer because in western culture we think like oh they're like in sync or they're like one direction but they're really like an idol group which means that they sing pop music but they also dance and a lot of it is about the performance so like they have these filmed live performances showcases where when they come out with new music they perform all of the songs with the choreography and like it's really about the entire performance of seeing them, seeing the costume, seeing the look. And then like idols, typically (laughs) idols were seen kind of, are seen a little derisively like as teen music, like that teen girls might like. Um, BTS has transcended that, but (laughs) like uh, where idol groups will go on to like their little online chat chat cafe and chat with the fans it's creating this kind of personal like i'm your boyfriend i'm your friend so gotcha okay that makes sense <clears throat> but they they were young when they started yeah. i mean they were like some of them 14 <laughs> 16 young. Yeah. yeah i mean well, well now they're a little Jin's... older than that we're not but... ages on the show <laughs> yeah emily <laughs> goodness Nathan said it <laughs> anyways I'm just, uh, you know, in awe of of even any teen at that age that that has that kind of talent, though, that they, I mean, well, I guess they trained to do it because some of them didn't start uh, in singing or dancing. Yeah. They were, some of them had zero actual experience in it, and they were just formed together um, at the very beginning. So that that was kind of an interesting thing when I when I read about their uh, their formation 
history and everything so yeah definitely i mean i think that so people sometimes think of like these idol groups as being very manufactured or that's a stereotype that people have about k-pop groups is that that you just take some good-looking teenagers and you teach them how to sing and dance and you make them sing and dance for 18 hours a day for three years and then finally you can let them loose on the world and they're beautiful and they can sing and dance so like that's kind of true but <laughs> it's like, that felt, felt to me from the documentary. Yeah, because I mean, they are like trainees. That it's yeah. not until they debut officially that they are able to perform publicly, um, and they do uh, have voice lessons. They have dance lessons, um, and yeah, some of the guys. Well, in particular, Jin, he was just like scouted for his beautiful face. Um, on the street he did not sing and dance before although he has a beautiful voice so I guess they're lucky but he's worked really hard yeah Yeah. no I mean they obviously have all worked very hard to get where they are and for the time that they did um, at the beginning where you know it wasn't they weren't a hit immediately out of the gate yeah which I don't know how many groups are to be honest but you know you have to put your time in and and, uh, curious question uh, related to I guess more into the adoption side of things that we are all in the same realm of is they had a change in image at one point uh, of their, of their career somewhere in like the, I guess it was midway through their career. Um, have you ever thought of that career change? They went from kind of the rap hard, you know, kind of dark look to the sensitive discovery type of, Oh, this is, you know, you know, um, more uh you know looking into their 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 image and their emotions and all that stuff is that i don't know is how does that relate to adoption have you ever thought about things like that um you know i don't know if it really for me relates to adoption but i think kind of more universally it's kind of that growing up story you know of like you're an adolescent and you want to give off kind of a hard exterior and then like as you get older you get more in touch with your emotions but i think for them particularly and also for army it's made a big difference when they made that transition uh to kind of the more like in touch with their feelings, emotionally aware, uh, androgynous, soft side, uh, because first of all, it's much more accessible for adults. So I think that their fan base was able to grow a lot more. Like when you watch some of their initial music videos, you might cringe a little bit um, at like, kids in like ripped shirts rapping on a school bus but um uh they're they're more in more recent years like as i said before like they have that more universal message and many many armies are actually adults like i'm in a group chat on twitter with people i'm the youngest at 36 and the oldest is 62 so Whoa. yeah um so there's so the army is also not ageist yeah. Yeah, exactly wow okay well i mean i don't know about not ageist but well we're the ones spending the money to like go to, okay. the, go yeah, to the shows to the and like speaking of which how was last thursday i got you get it i got tickets i got tickets yeah. nice so it's crazy what was last thursday so the BTS is performing in LA four shows and there were like some pre-sales for tickets. So they sold out the shows even before the tickets went on sale to the general public. 
but I got tickets with my like Twitter connections. So yeah, it's good. I saw a lot of people posting their yeah. in line, uh, <laughs> in line screenshots. I did yeah. many, many people, yeah. and I only saw one person who didn't get it. Oh, and I felt yeah. really bad for them. Yeah. I oh no, <laughs> I felt really bad for them. But also, I was like, I get it. Uh, if I never mind, I'm not going to tell this anecdote. But I know what it's like. I know what it's like to wait for Stand something online to get something and not to get it. Yeah. And it'd be the worst thing ever that something even worse happens after. Yeah, because now <laughs> you can buy the tickets in the secondary market, but they're very expensive. But, oh, so can I talk again about <laughs> the transition in BTS's image? Because I didn't yeah, finish my thought. Uh, sorry for rambling. Uh, so also like this whole idol fan thing where you're supposed to feel like you know the artist and like you have a relationship with them. This is kind of like, I feel like as a Westerner, this is kind of foreign to us where BTS will actually go into interviews and they'll say, hi, ARMY, or like, thank you, ARMY, when they win an award or something. And they're actually talking to you and you get this illusion that they're talking to you and that you know them. So I kind of feel like as idols, the BTS members are really almost like like reality stars, not just a music group who performs. So like they have the variety show, which is, you know, they put them in situations, make them play games, but it's unscripted. So you feel like you're getting to know their personality, their sense of humor, um, all of this other content that they put out, they put out a ton of behind the scenes content, just like little clips of them doing cute things or interacting with each other. So a lot of being an army is feeling like, you know, their personality and you know, each person as an individual and his characteristics and that kind of the softer image I think goes more with the personalities that they project on the reality content until you get to the bangtang universe oh yeah bangtang their universe. Alter egos. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they're making a k-drama out of it <laughs> <laughs> really of, yeah. bts like they're just their experience or so, i don't know what that means like one thing about K-pop for me is that, that a lot of it is like really high concept. So a lot of these groups have like a a narrative universe in which like all of their music videos fall and like their albums too. So like there's the Bangtan universe where like J-Hope's mom abandoned him at the fair and his real life mom didn't really do that. But in the Bangtan universe and like a certain subset of their music videos, like his character was abandoned at the fair and like Young's dad, he had to kill his abusive dad. So... <laughs> You know, this is... It's like a cartoon series that they have online, too. Yeah, they have too, a webtoon, and then they... Dude, how much... Nathan how much is, research did you is, do for uh, this? I told you, I, I wanted to dive into this to figure yes. out... Are you ARMY yet? <laughs> I'm, I'm not ARMY. I can't, I can't claim any ARMY after <laughs> a few hours of research. I can claim <laughs> that I know more things than I did. Research? After, after you looked at some of the content, do you have a different oh impression? I'm dying to know. <laughs> Uh, sure. Yeah. I mean, I, as I do like their songs already. I mean, I thought some of the stuff that they've come out with listening to the before stuff. And then of course the, after the change, um, was interesting. I tried to look more into the BTS related to, um, Korean adoptees and American views. 
because I'm, you know, I'm sure all the fans in Korea have their view of, of BTS and, and they're used to it. They're used to, you know, the, the K-pop bands and things like that. Whereas Americans and specifically Korean Americans, Korean adoptee Americans might not be as involved in it. So their research was, this is part of my culture. Let me dive in with, you know, with just like a little inch of my toe, just to, to test the waters. Dive in with my toe. <laughs> Sorry, with an inch of my toe. toe. With an inch of it. Dip my toe and then just try it out. And some people will then just jump in with both yeah. feet afterwards and just go, you know, hardcore. Um, like you said, learning the language or or um, learning more about their culture. And that I think that is great. The fact that something like this has um, made, I guess, or inspired uh, Korean adoptees and, or Korean Americans to look into their culture because of, of a, a music. Yeah. Group. I mean, that's, I think that's amazing. And so, you know, I want to give them the, the, the benefit of the doubt and do a little research myself to see what they're all about so that I'm not just, Oh, it's just, it's just a K-pop band. Yeah. Or it's just a, you know, another thing. So yeah, I did do enough research and sure. I know a few little random facts you guys can laugh at me about Dude, but... between your research and <laughs> how were you successful last Thursday? I was like, when did you guys become best friends? I'm literally just meeting her. Oh, it's because I'm speaking her language right <laughs> yeah, now. That's why. Exactly. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> that's true. So, so, uh, so my, one of my questions is I did look into again, as I was saying, like adoption and um, like what Korean adoptees were saying about BTS. And I saw one person comment about uh, a specific song called Blue and Gray. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you like that, yes, song? I and love that song? How how does that song make you feel? Is there like uh, any somebody related it online to Han? Oh, yeah. And, so uh, and a lot of people actually talk about how Han runs throughout a lot of BTS's music. Um, but yeah, so Blue and Gray from their most recent album, B, uh, was written for V's mixtape. And it's kind of like, it's very openly discussing these feelings of being like depressed, like being blue and gray. So, um, and like, just not knowing what to do with yourself. So a lot of fans related to that. Um, and BTS, because they have this whole love yourself message and, you know, talk openly about how they've been to therapy, how some of members have struggled with depression or mental health issues, then a lot of fans really relate to that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's so to piggyback off something Nathan had said, um, you know, coming into the adoptee community, but specifically the Korean adoptee community, I think it's really interesting the, the myriad number of ways that we all start to approach culture uh, differently, you know, and for you, obviously, BTS has been a huge part of that. And, and again, in your guest form, you had said, you know, BTS changed the way that you see yourself in the world. So I was wondering, what? How did you see yourself pre BTS, and then as you as you started to engage with them and and really become part of Army, how how did that shift for you? How did you see yourself before, and then how have you come to see yourself now? So before, I think I just saw myself as a an Asian American just floating out here with no community, and then and. Also, I saw myself as, like, hideous. Whereas after BTS, you know, 
Chrissy Teigen said after uh, Crazy Rich Asian, she said, you don't know how much you miss being represented on screen till you see yourself represented on screen. And like, I feel that so hard with BTS. So when I saw the Dynamite music video, I was claiming at first that I only cared about BTS because I wanted to copy Jungkook's eye makeup um, because he has the same shape eye as me. and like seeing them, they are so beautiful. And now, and I kind of like feel like I vaguely resemble Jungkook in the way that like, you know, you could be the ugly cousin of some celebrity or something. Like I've never had that before. <laughs> so, um, so I definitely feel much more comfortable just moving around in the world because I don't feel so ugly, which is not something that I had expected at all like that visual component, I had pretty much come to terms like, you know, I'm 36 years old. This is my appearance, whatever. It's, it's not terrible. It just exists. But I have a lot more self-confidence now after having seen so many videos and images of them where they look amazing. And I have more ideas on how to like dress and do my makeup and stuff. That's kind of secondary. I mean, I think also, uh, I always felt like I don't want to find my birth family because I won't be able to speak to them and the cultural differences will be so great that we won't relate to each other. So I'm just going to live my life over here and uh, I won't have to deal with any like awkward interactions. And I actually never wanted to go to Korea because I didn't want to have to explain myself when people tried to speak to me in Korean. Um, But since BTS, I like realized that oh, I share the same sense of humor with like some Korean people. I get their jokes and like the issues that they're bringing up and the things that they're concerned with are the things, some of the same things that I'm concerned with, like living in a late capitalist, slow growth society. It's kind of like can be hard. So, um, really? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, they deal with that a lot in their music, especially the earlier stuff. Um, but just and feeling like I can relate to them and, you know, that whole feeling that, you know, their personalities and that they would get you. Now I do want to find my birth family because I feel like, well, maybe I can relate to them or I would share something in common with them. Whereas before I felt very alienated and afraid to engage with any Korean culture. Yeah, I definitely get that. I um, regularly be like, what do we talk about <laughs> if we ever met, yeah. you know? Um, and it's just like, not even, I don't know. So I had two um, international students from Korea come and live with me for a year. And so when they're living with you and you have extended period of time with them, you just figure those things out. But uh, especially in a flash, you know, just in, for a trip or something that I'm like, oh, this is cool but then what do we talk you know like i that there is some some weird like i want to be connected because we are connected but also how do we get connected and you know and so i think having something safe ish uh like a bts or other k drama or whatever some bit of their culture that has broached now into global culture does provide like a, a nicer easier way into um, real meaningful human relationship and interaction. So, uh, yeah, definitely understand that. I'm curious, how has your relationship with BTS, with K-pop, 
extended into K-dramas and extended into um, learning about Korea as a culture and thinking about yourself as Korean? Um, Well, now it's like in my house every day, there's Korean language, you know, coming from the Mm. music I'm playing or TV I'm watching, or even like BTS often puts out like little behind the scenes YouTube videos or something like that is in my house every day. My kids, my kids hear Korean every day. So then it's like, well, they're also watching Tayo in Korean every day. So uh, I think for me, it's just kind of like, yeah, getting to that comfortable place where I felt like I could engage with Korean culture and BTS is so accessible. They're so cosmopolitan. It was very easy to kind of get that feeling with them. And then uh, secondarily, like there's this whole subculture, which can get creepy a little bit and like fetishizing of like, you know, Korea booze, like people who like really into Korean culture. <laughs> but there are a lot of army like really want to learn about Korean culture. So like one of my army friends in a totally non-creepy way sent me like a, <laughs> you know, because she's not fetishizing, but she sent me like a happy sock card that she made with like a little printout about like a traditional Korean folktale and you know she's not Korean she just like sent this out to her army friends because it's like a little Korean culture club so um a lot of armies kind of engage with this since they want to learn the language then they start watching k-dramas um, so it kind of is like a whole subculture. Like, and then my other friend from my group chat, she had like a Chuseok dinner um, at her house where she cooked all the food and she's not Korean and none of the guests were either. But she just wanted to to celebrate this and she loves the food, so she made it. That's awesome. I want to piggyback off of uh, what KJ talked about, about relationships um, <clears throat> in that previous question. How I was wondering how BTS has helped you connect and engage with the adoptee community uh, since you started to engage with BTS and had you prior to stepping to that community engaged with the, with it, with other adoptees at all? Yeah. So no, I hadn't really engaged with any other adoptees before <laughs> BTS. I, I think I just felt like, okay, well, I don't, it doesn't matter if my experience was similar to others. Cause I'm not doing like a birth family search and, uh, but I did, I had like joined a couple of Facebook groups, but I just like lurked there. Um, and I was kind of curious, but I was like, well, I'm not doing a birth family search, so I don't care. And then, uh, after I actually like posted in one of my adoptee groups when I first like started getting deep into the BTS stuff, like, Oh my God, who here is a BTS fan? Because I need help. And, uh, because I knew there had to have been other people who had the same experience. So I have connected with a few other adoptees about this experience. I think a lot of it is kind of like this feeling of seeing and being seen for the first time, you know, so that's been great. And then also, you know, just, yeah, of feeling like you can relate, like you can relate to the language that you would have spoken and that you may have heard, yeah. you know, when you were born. So, um, whereas I, I didn't know anything about the language before and felt so inaccessible, but when it's put into like a beautiful <laughs> song, then you can sing along and you know, you feel more comfortable. So... Yeah, I was listening uh, <clears throat> on YouTube. There's actually this... Uh, 
Jen Dookie. He's multiple got, pages. I, heard, I just heard multiple pages of notes. For the readers at Nathan. home, or li- readers, wow. the listeners at that home, was, Nathan is it pulling is up a notebook. One and page. <laughs> it was front and back. Okay. That wasn't multiple page turning. Jeez. Nope. So, he's turned multiple pages. I just. I, okay, so I, I have it. a bad oh, memory. So, I had to write stuff down. What army. can I say? Uh, but I, I came across this YouTube channel called Jen Dookie, and essentially it's not just Korean, but it's other foreign songs. And she, she translates it, or somehow it's translated, so that it'll have the uh, native language and then the English down below it. While and then on top of that, it actually color coordinates oh, who's yeah, singing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that. And so, yeah. Yeah. have you seen that? Yeah. And so that I thought was really interesting. You could go through Insane all the BTS tracks, basically. Uh, uh, yeah, J J E N D U K I E. But, but people, um, you but could go through all the like different it. things because that's like probably Papago translated or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was gonna say the translation probably is not. I mean, unless she knows really, uh, you know, she, unless she's bilingual and or trilingual, because there's like other yeah, languages yeah. on it too. But and they put, um, but they, I they populate yeah. those videos like right when the new music comes out. So, but there are actual like fan translators who will put in like translators' notes about like the multiple meanings of the words and like the. The expressions, Korean expressions in like history that are being referred to. So anyway, there are some great people out there. So they're the ones on Genius when the lyrics go up that are <laughs> selecting the parts of the song and like explaining everything in the margins and yeah. stuff. I like it. I like it. But uh, yeah, I mean, the, there's a new song that just came out actually yep. with Coldplay. I don't know if you guys. Oh knew yeah, that. I, so, I did see that. Big fan. Saw that? Yeah, that, that's a good song too. It's already was number one. Yeah. On some charts, so. Um, but yeah, it was interesting just to like see the lyrics. I, I just want to, you know, because I, I don't understand the, you know, the Hangul. So I wanted to see what they were translating as, even if it's similar to, you know, the the idea behind it and stuff like that. So yeah, it was a good start, I guess, for me. But um, and I did l- listen. You sent us three links to some videos. That was also how I got onto YouTube. As I started watching videos on YouTube, and Emily, you uh, succeeded the videos were very army. good. The I mean, especially the last the. The video quality of the last one, the production yeah. value. Yeah. <laughs> I love that song. So I had to actually look that up. So that is actually an actual style of Korean military yeah. music, um, which I did. There are like know. a ton of historical and, uh, references using, in that song. Yeah. I mean, not only in the video, but the horns and the the, the banging and the, the sound of that is actually from oh. historical um, military music. And then they use it in more of a current pop culture. A pop song style to it but uh that's why the whole video is actually done in like a, a village a, in a, a, an old folk village but yeah uh, i was yes, expecting so. you to induct me into the cult but it is nathan who was <laughs> yeah, actually nathan inducted was himself <laughs> into, yeah. into 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 army he was like love accept it. me as one of you <laughs> i feel like i'm listening to nathan talk and i'm like this dude knows so much about bts <laughs> i had no idea he wrote the wikipedia I had no page. idea that this was happening. That's incredible. So this, yeah. this is actually how you become <laughs> ARMY. So basically, once you start like watching YouTube videos and learning these things, like, oh, what is the meaning of Dejita? <laughs> then like tomorrow you'll be on ARMY. <laughs> you will have stayed up all night watching YouTube. And you'll be like, oh my god, Yugi's uh, well. my bias. He's so amazing. <laughs> 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 is Yugi your bias? Nathan, amazing. he is. 
I, I don't well, you know. love digital. <laughs> yeah, I don't believe him. He's pulling out his notebook right now and holding up a written that thing that says, "Yes." Well, he's actually him. putting the notebook, the the fourth notebook, away. Slowly. <laughs> yes. I was like, you know what? We don't have time to get into these. Uh, he's questions. literally. I, I will tell you my la- <laughs> The last note I wrote. So you guys, so you, I don't have to go back to my encyclopedia over here. <laughs> so the last note that I wrote on my thing was an interesting um, thing I came across. Uh, there was a lot of fan fiction oh, also with uh, BTS too. How do you feel about that? And specifically, how do you feel about the ones titled Adopted by BTS? There are multiple stories written oh, about really? dreaming of being adopted by BTS, like a seven, eight-year-old, 15-year-old, all these little girls being adopted by BTS and raised by the, the seven member crew. Uh, like that old movie three <laughs> have you, have you read any of those or uh, <laughs> no, so I haven't read a lot of the fanfic. The fanfic is interesting because, you know, you think of like, Oh, Harry Potter fanfic or something like you take the, your favorite fictional character and you put them in a situation you want to see them in and make it real oh, yeah. dirty. Oh yeah. There's so much smut in BTS fanfic. So, that's oh, that's yeah. all I know about fan fiction is you take your favorite characters that weren't together and you put them Oh yeah, together. oh there's so much of that for BTS cuz like this is called like they ship the members where like, you know, oh, oh yeah. yeah. So uh, or like some of it <laughs> We're going to have to put a content warning right in front of this. It's about to get steamy. It's about right. to get steamy. Uh, this is not fine. where I saw my question K-Drama, going, guys. It's no, no steamier than the case. So the weird thing about BTS is because they did train together for so long and they came from a small company, like, they do act like seven brothers, you know? Especially, like, the youngest Jungkook. Like, he's 24 now, but he was, you know... 14 or something when he joined as a trainee so and Jin was probably like 20 21 at that time 16 oh yeah <laughs> Nathan is oh, back okay. checking me right now Nathan, you gotta quit <laughs> <laughs> but he had trained before that I wrote I wrote ages just because I was curious yeah. on how old oh these God. guys yeah, were when, when they, they joined he was 16 <laughs> but they had trained previous to that for like two years so <laughs> So, like, they, the members did kind of, like, raise him, and the record label, like, raised him. So, they, and the reality content that they put out, it reminds me a lot of, actually, the Kardashians. Because, you know, the Kardashians, people who are fans of the Kardashians like them because on the show, you can see the family dynamic between the sisters. It's the same thing for BTS. You can see that kind of family dynamic and the different relationships between each of the members. And uh, so a lot of people like see them, oh, they're not only your favorite band, but they're like your favorite reality TV family. So what if you were adopted by them? You could just like step into that family because you see that relationship that they have and you want to be part of it. So I kind of feel like that's probably where the adopted by BTS stories are coming as an adoptee. It doesn't feel weird to me or anything because it feels more like an army wants to intrude upon their favorite group and become part of it interesting so one thing that i've really enjoyed about this conversation besides learning that nathan is watching yeah um is just hearing like the passion that you speak about this with or about not only being a bts fan but you know just them in general and how that's really bridged the gap between who you were and who and what you were doing growing up and and you know, feeling intimidated or afraid 
of approaching this because of what you had seen and then finding a gateway, a pathway into uh, culture and, and everything like that. So I'm wondering everything that you're taking in and everything that BTS is opening, all the doors that they're opening for you uh, in this community and the people that you're getting to uh, just meet and connect with. What is, where do you go from here? What's next for you in terms of how you use everything that you're learning through BTS and from them to go next in terms of like you talked about your, like a birth family search or potentially doing those things, but also on the adoptee side of it, like where does that, how does that, or where is that taking you? Like, what's next for Emily? Um, I don't, it totally changed my life. Like, I want to learn Korean. I want to go to Seoul. I want to do the birth family search. So for me, as somebody who, like, avoided my heritage culture completely, and part of that was, like, because my adoptive parents were, like, sensitive about it, then... Um, I kind of, I couldn't really do that until they passed away. So, um, but my life has changed forever. Like my kids, I'm going to send them to Korean school uh, when it starts in person again. It's still like on Zoom. Um, And like, I'm trying to teach my son like Hangul alphabet. Um, So, and I eat Korean food like every day now is, it's what I usually cook. So it, it's really changed a lot for me. I think that a lot of army kind of feel this way because there's so much content in the fandom and because a lot of the content has like a moral quality to it, then like people get really into it. It's like almost a religious experience where, because, you know, people, there's real values and morality behind it. You might have heard about some of the charity work that they do or some of the charity work that fans do. They raise money in like the names of the members. Um, Buy a wolf. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) Yeah, they do crazy stuff too. Somebody, Nathan's just like, somebody adopted a wolf in the name of one of the members. (laughs) Um, Incredible. But yeah, so it, it is identity changing in that in that sense because it's like finding a a value system too and like watching them uh, you'll also hear people in the fandom talk about how you know the content that they release is very feel good it's like of them like oh the young like like being very nice to Jungkook like or uh doing something really considerate for the other member then, or like, oh, one of the members messes up and the other guy is like, oh, it's okay. We all mess up. So people saying, I'm nicer to people in my family now after watching BTS. So, and they're very aware of that too. So, and that's like some, that's part of the discourse in the fandom too. So it really is kind of bringing this whole value system kind of into your life. Yeah, it seems like they've done a lot of stuff trying to make not just a group, but a group that people can look yeah. up to and and uh, that are idol in know. the best sense of the word. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. even the president gave yeah. them an award, right? For uh, the was it the envoy of envoy of future generations yeah. and culture. And they, they well, they're have, ambassadors they have, for Korea. So they have special diplomatic passports, and then uh, they yeah. got like a cultural. Our no. president. No, the Korean. No, yeah. oh, I was like, what? <laughs> like, who? who and president? they filmed that video in the UN yeah, General yeah, Assembly. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you don't do that. Like, you don't do yeah. that unless you're doing yeah. good stuff. Well, yeah. I'll say that. 
Um, okay, I remember what my question is, and it went back to uh, actually their latest release with Coldplay, My Universe, right? And um, so I'm a big, I have been a very, okay, potential spam, get out of here. Um, I'm a big Coldplay fan, and after your friend sent me BTS stuff, I was like, okay, I mean, I can, I can get down with this. Um, and then My Universe came out, and I was like, oh, this is like literally my whole self colliding. Um, like we were, I was talking to my wife, um, that I'm, I'm young enough that in my really kind of conscious memory, there's just never been a time when Coldplay hasn't existed. Um, and so for those two things to collide and Emily, a lot like you, um, having, knowing that BTS was around, like I was never, would never consider myself part of the army, but, um, knowing their popularity and their general take on what it means to be a man and just like Korean, uh, masculinity in general, like has allowed me to open myself up and, and accept myself for my own brand of masculinity. And especially like growing up in Texas, it was like very not Texan <laughs> masculinity. Um, so it's been like having that song come out has been really representative for me of how we blend these two worlds, or at least how I blend these two worlds, especially in music. And I'm curious um, with you, it, it sounds like you had like a, a pretty big awakening mm -hmm. to being Korean through BTS. Um, but what's the, what's the mix look like for you? How do you wrestle with being Korean American and being adopted on top of that? And, uh, yeah, just, I guess, how's that, how's that shake up in the brain hole? I think it's, it's, I've always seen myself as like Asian American, but like as an isolated person with no community, but like coming into army. And I think that a lot of people become army for this reason is like, you see that there there's no monolith of being like Korean American or being Asian American. So there are, you know, other adoptees have had similar experiences. So I think that it's kind of like, interacting with people and also like even just being in the fandom and seeing like the fans in brazil like can sing all the lyrics in korean it's amazing um you just realize that the diversity of people's experiences and then you know what a lot of what's coming on korean culture now like squid game or bts is kind of you know it's more universal in our globalized world so i just kind of i'm much more accepting of being adopted of my story than I was before. Before I used to kind of try to hide and just be like, I'm just, you don't understand. I'm white on the inside. But now I, I'm much more accepting and open about the fact that like, no, I'm a Korean adoptee. Like this weird thing happened to me where uh, I was born in Korea, but I grew up in the United States because globalization's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's cool. So yeah, I, I mean, I love... Love hearing that, and I. It is really unique to me that it's come for you through BTS Army and through a fandom. Um, I don't, there are so many catalysts that take people on these identity journeys, um, but I think that that's just so unique and so wonderful um, because I know like the fandom yeah. is so strong, um, and it's it, like I. I mean, we all identify with like feeling a certain way and also feeling like we don't have a community, and so finding that and just. Um, that sense of like, oh, these are my people. 
uh, is so heartwarming and good. So that's really fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on the show and for talking to us about BTS, uh, growing, flowering Nathan's uh, fandom <laughs> into full bloom. Uh, that's uh, That was a real treat, honestly, <laughs> just to watch that happen in real time. It was, uh, I don't know if I've ever been more surprised <laughs> in my entire yeah. life. Got- <laughs> hey, I got one of those slowly lifts his BTS So yeah, we bracelet. got a BTS Army bracelet from the Hello that's Korea awesome. box a while ago. So I still have it over here. Um, <laughs> I, I yeah, should send it so- to you oh, as no, a true fan. You're baby though. army. Um, you're going to do no, it. I- amazing okay so we're gonna take a break during which emily will school nathan on how to become full army and then when we come back we'll be trying a korean snack here is the break right now Welcome back to our eating portion of the John right Okay, here we go. Oh, hey, oh, we're shoot. here. We're back. We yeah. got our, our snack in hand. We just had an amazing interview with Emily Nagel. But now we are going to go into some high tie product. High tie, and I'm showing it to the camera. And of course, we're not doing any really video, but it's a strawberry wafer bar. So, I don't know. I know Patrick has been wanting to have a wafer cookie. So, are you excited about this? Yeah, I love wafers. You they love wafers. They smell very <laughs> strawberry-like. Hoisape. Yep. Wait. Weihasu. I don't know. Weihasu. I don't know what that means. It, it even the wrapping paper is pink on the inside. Oh, there's. It's oh, they got wrapped in. Korea. Okay, I oh. appreciate this. That it is. Love wrapped it. inside of the plastic because yeah. I hate when I open a thing and then it like breaks apart. Explodes. And like, no, but I just broke the crumbs everywhere. I yeah. thought for sure that's oh, what was going to happen with this. So I'm glad. That yeah, that's not exactly. The case. But shouts out to you, Hi Tai. This smells like strawberry milk. Yeah. I'm here. This Ooh, smells yeah. like butter. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all I know about. It smells me. like <laughs> strawberry. Okay. Oh, I will say mine is just crumbing everywhere. Right off the bat, crumbing. <laughs> Did you everywhere. just crumb your pants? I about crumb my pants, but I got it all on my desk. <laughs> all right. Oh yeah. You know, there's so this I, is one serving size too. By the way, what all the seven ba- thousand of these bars? <laughs> all seven thousand. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, one serving size per container. Well, I have. So I, I took it as a whole instead of as three separate ones, and I ate the whole thing, which, you know. You fool. And I have crumbs That's all over exactly my keyboard exactly what already. I was going to say. You fool. <laughs> nah, you fool. But I like it. It's very, I mean, it's just it's a wafer with strawberry filling. Good. Not too sweet, mm. not too artificial. Mine mm-hmm. tastes like it's been sitting in my drawer oh, for a no. much too long time. That's fair. That's fair. And it, on the side of it, it gives suggestions. You can have it with milk time, tea time, Ooh, or ice cream I time. I ice cream. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my kids ice are going to devour time. these my when I take them upstairs. Time. Ice cream time would be great with beer. <clears throat> yeah, this is like a really high-end restaurant. When you order the dessert <clears throat> thing, yeah. you get one of these. 
<laughs> I worked at one of those, that and that's so all you angry. got. With maybe a little chocolate dollop on the top of it. Yeah, this is really good. Um, I don't really have much to say about it, uh, except that it is really good. So I'm going to go ahead and give this a, a four and a half out of five uh, for being really good, exactly what is promised. I love these things. Yeah. Uh, they're just, they're so simple. And I'm also like a big fan of waffle cone type things. So having that on the outside is nice. Yeah. Cool. Emily, what would you rate yours? I'd say a four. I loved the packaging. It has this really nice, crinkly, sensorily pleasing uh, sound color. And uh, then there, it was wrapped. Did you just say sound, like color? sound and color, but you know the sound is also very okay. Colorful. I was uh-huh. like, it's, like uh, it's got a yeah. very good mm, sound yeah. color. I'm like, what the heck is a sound color? Why would we have a rating based on um, that? But yeah, and then on the inside, it was wrapped with wax paper, which was nice. Uh, I thought the cookie itself was just like any wafer cookie, so it's a little sweet for me. But I liked the the texture was good. I agree with you, Emily. I think that. This cookie is very much like the old wafer style cookies that I used to eat when I was a kid. Uh, doesn't mean that it's bad. I think it tastes very good. I will also give it a four. Would I think mine's a little bit stale, so I shouldn't really count that against this just because we've been waiting to eat this for so long. I wish it was a little bit more fresh, and I also wish it was vanilla. So hmm. maybe personal reasons why I'm bumping it down, but I think if this was a vanilla, I would have gave it a five immediately. <laughs> I was going to say, actually, I think if this was vanilla or chocolate, I would have given it a lower rating. Oh. oh. I, think I was going to say, when, I'm a strawberry fan, too. I think the chocolate too. and the vanilla yeah. flavors don't translate as well in wafer cookies as a strawberry does. So I think you don't translate be well good as a wafer cookie. cookie. Too. You're accurate. I would be a terrible translator. Of wafer <laughs> cookies or into a wafer of cookie? Any, <laughs> of any type of anything that needs translation, terrible at it. <laughs> That's not true. You do the one that translates on the show every time. <laughs> <laughs> I just Google for that though. I just, but you can pronounce it. We can't. Yeah, I'm gonna have to give it a four and a half out of five as well. Like KJ, I I, I think it's almost perfect. I, I really don't know what would bump it up to the five for me. Um, but you're so I'm give just it giving it. it. I'm just going four and a half out of five, just because it's it's yeah. I yeah, I can't just give it a perfect score. Um, but Actually, I, I you know appreciate what? everything about it. My rating to uh, four. Four and a quarter. Oh, came I don't down. know how to get the other half out of this baggie without just like straight up ripping it. Aren't there's there like two? As I'm two openings. Yeah, there's two tabs. I only have one tab on mine. I had as one I'm tab at the top and up. one tab in the middle. It's just. Uh, oh, that's a middle not, tab. I think not, not working out. Either oh, that or it's I a big see. red line. Just, oh wait. Man, or you I could don't use want to crumb all over myself for a second time. <laughs> I'm not even gonna try this. I'm gonna. Eat it like regular. Dump it out. Ah, wait. Well, got it. Perfect. Like All I right. said, I thought it was pretty good. So on average, four and a quarter. Pretty high ratings for a snack. Like. We don't yeah. always go fours. You know, usually one of us comes in and uh, like a real jerk. One. Speaking of ratings, Emily, how would you feel our our BTS knowledge from our episode forty three about the BTS McDonald's meal? Uh, that we had. How, Did you how even have listen we... to the episode? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yes, if, if you have. Did you and even listen to I think okay. it was KJ. Like, somebody had a very... Uh... 
misconceived <laughs> image of like BTS and K-pop boy <laughs> idol groups of just like I'm emotionally intelligent. W- was that you? Yeah. Oh yeah, so, I think it was Nathan. You know, you should you yeah. should amend your uh, views. Mm. Wants you to go back and then, in. And then yeah. Patrick and Nathan, Died. you guys were like clueless, so. I was. And now Nathan, I didn't even know how many members were now in. Now, how would you rate us? Oh, based Nathan on that, like, now Nathan how would you is rate like us? baby army. Nathan is like almost there. Patrick, uh, you're still at like I'm zero to five <laughs> out of a hundred. Yeah. zero. Are you on? Are you even on the scale yet? I don't like, think you so. Like the coach hasn't even put you in the game yet, right? No, they don't Can even know I'm on the team. Maybe like thirty. <laughs> Patrick, do you, thirty-five. Yeah, Patrick, do you know what BTS stands for? Uh, bang tan tan tan. Tan. Yeah. Yeah. Although, like, which means bulletproof, bulletproof Boy, Boy Scouts. That's why. I ch- <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's why you did bulletproof. Na- oh, yeah. that's what BTS See, stands for. Get it. Oh, that's yep. what. Although, that like, some no, that's what Korean. Like media yeah. claims that they rebranded to Beyond the Scene, but I have never seen a single fan refer to them as Beyond the Scene or anything so that i think that rebrand was unsuccessful well yeah, i really appreciate you coming on here talking about beyond the scene where can we listen to beyond the scenes music behind the scenes yeah just kidding where can we listen to their music i don't know how to <laughs> seriously do though for those unfamiliar i'd go to youtube first because i think to get bts and to get k-pop oh. you have to see it you did yeah, say it was a, a hot performance. Yeah, yeah. It's the all it's just that it's more than just the song <laughs> See, itself. Here's the deal. I will say I'm not going to amend what I said previously, but as an addendum, I will say uh most of what I had heard of BTS at that point was just their uh most played Spotify song at yeah. the time, which That's was Life what Goes I on thought from B. When I heard you. Yeah. Which is real chill and it's just like, you know, whatever. It's fine. It's entirely fine. But also, like, <laughs> I, that wasn't what... But, like, uh, on the other hand, production of, like, Blackpink's music is pretty yeah. much all bangers. I've now since gone into their live stuff, and they, like, do the more chill things. I'm like, I don't listen to K-pop for chill music. I had Dalcom Cafe for I chill I listen to that playlist. Like, I K-pop giving <laughs> yeah. me chill music. Yeah, Great exactly. Play- so, I love that just like... Yeah, I'm like I don't I don't need this. So once I found BTS bangers, I was like, okay, great. The other thing is I don't necessarily care to watch the performances. Like sometimes I will, but like I just listen to it because yeah. I'm working and I usually work on visual things, you know. And so I'm just like I just want the energy of the music to to pump me up. And I like listening to Korean music because I hear like I'll be like, oh hey, they just said genius, or they just said yeah. friend, or they you know whatever. So I'm like. I feel like I mean, this is probably inaccurate, but I feel like I'm at least training my ear to recognize Korean, even while I'm furiously ignoring it to do my actual work. So that's where I was. That's where I'm at. Uh, so yeah, I'm like still in the game technically, but like I'm about I'm to get. I'm telling you, if you you, know, you have to Nathan. watch the live performance, so on YouTube, just watch the live performance, then you'll get <clears> it. Like it will click. Okay, so Emily, if people want to chat with you about bts and how to become a baby army where can they reach you where can they access your fountain of knowledge that is not quite 
Nathan's Encyclopedia Britannica I, about it, but still. So is very I'm on Twitter. I have a public account that's a fan account, and I say like really embarrassing things, like I wish I could sleep on a bed of Jin's pillowy lips. They're very pillowy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and have you no, written fan fiction? No, but I'm an, an aspiring <laughs> fan fiction Just a couple author. W- working titles. Because so, this is like my okay. Maybe there is new inspiration from this podcast. Slash aspiring fan fiction author. Smutty fan fiction. Nice. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. Um, That's honest. No, I don't want to share my handle because it's really too embarrassing. And all it says is like weird <laughs> thirst tweets about gin. So you can find those elsewhere. All right. Understand. Never mind. Yeah. We, we won't even link in the show podcast notes. and this <laughs> podcast only. Zips. So just. If you feel yeah, like you need more Emily in your life, just exist. listen to this one on repeat. <laughs> that we thank you. But you don't in need advance. to find me. <laughs> I'm I'm unimportant. I'm I'm like just a suburban housewife who loves BTS. Find her in the uh, on the the yeah. group army <laughs> chats. So. Um, you're also now an official. You're in the rarefied air of Ooh. having been on the John Chi show, so that just like elevates awesome. Your so now when people Google bit, me, so. then something thank you so will much come for up. coming on. That's actually yeah, probably <laughs> very true. If you people Google your name, I guarantee you this awesome. episode will pop up there. Yep. Because yeah. we're gonna put your I name in so. the title of the episode. So <laughs> Or future BTS fan fiction. Yep. <laughs> Author. <clears throat> so uh thank you again, really, for coming on the show. It's been so much fun talking to you. It's a very different episode for us, but like really really fun and i feel like i got a deep dive into an important part of korean culture that i don't know that i would have gotten otherwise because i would have just been like eh, i get it as and then you would have been like no you don't get it <laughs> so, i appreciate you doing that real time for us um Same. this has been another episode of the john chi show if you would like to find us Yep, that's the one find us thank you i'm struggling here uh <laughs> you can reach out to us at Johnsy Show, just like media.com, or you can support the show by going to johnsyshow.com slash support. You can tweet at us or Instagram us or whatever us, social media us at Johnsy Show. Um, and if you would please take a minute to rate and review the podcast and also tell a friend about it, that would be dope. And if you do leave us a review, we will maybe read it on the show. As we oh did yeah, in the or if you episode. have questions that you want us to answer on our solo shows, please send them in to us as well. Or if you want to test Nathan's BTS knowledge and see if he continues Whoa. from this point, or if he says yes. this was it, I only studied for this. Send it in. Yes, in the review, please put it in the review. <laughs> uh, and if you want to add some surprise questions uh, that only I can see, so that I can just like uh sneak attack him you can send them to me at kj Relke on whatever whatever part of the internet i want to be found you can send stuff to me at patrick in the world on instagram and if you are an asian adoptee in indiana and you're interested in finding some community uh you can follow us at asian adoptees of indiana on instagram as well you can find me on instagram and Nowak, uh and of course facebook and you can definitely tell me your favorite BTS member or song. I will listen to you. I will yeah, listen. Yeah, Emily, what is your favorite? Who's your favorite biased. BTS member? Is it Jin is it Jin and J Hope? And oh. um, my favorite okay. music video is Blood, Sweat, and Tears. There you have it. So everyone, go listen to those and follow Yay. Jin and J Hope. 
<laughs> so, yeah, they need the and, help. Yeah. Uh, we've seen the numbers, and they're not doing well. Yeah, they, they, don't they only. Yeah, I don't know if anyone's ever even heard of them. Ends. That's why we had Emily on the show yeah. is yeah. to get the word out so, about beyond the scene. I know that you'd rather follow Emily, but yeah, go ahead and and follow Jen and J Hope. It just needs some validation. And send an email to McDonald's to bring back the meal. I oh, know. I want I want some of that sauce. I Bring know, the, the sauce, sauce back. <clears throat> thank you. But thank you, Emily. Yeah, thank, thank you so much, Emily. Again, and it's we will great. be back next Wednesday. Next week. Tuesday. Right. Hey,